Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Later in the book of John, There was another promise that power from on high would come over them. We know in Acts chapter 2 that's exactly what happened. And of course the whole New Testament, including the book of Acts, that early church, is proof of this wonderful promise. That's the same promise that holds true for you and for me, that the Holy Spirit, His power, power to witness, power to share, power to live this life, is available to you and I. It is not a promise for special people or certain people is a promise for every single one of us. When you read the stories in the book of Acts of all the amazing things God did through the early church, it's easy to think that they were especially blessed people. It's easy to forget that they had jobs, bills to pay, many of the same challenges you have today. Pastor Mark will be reminding you in his teaching today that God worked through people in the Old and New Testaments because of his faithfulness, not because his people were perfect. What he's looking for is people who believe and obey him. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Numbers chapter 23 as he begins his message. His incredible promises. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Numbers 23, verse 19. Remember that prayer is simply a two way conversation with God. We talked about Jesus encouraging each of us to be people of honesty and to be trustworthy. We are to be people whose yes is yes and no is no. It's not complicated. It's simple. We're to be people who keep their word and keep their promises. Well, our role model, our example for someone who keeps his word, who keeps his promises, obviously is God. Numbers 23.19 says this. God is not a man that he should lie. He is not a human that he should ever change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? Just a few things right off the bat, about four keys, and then we'll move to an application of our teaching, God's incredible promises. Number one, God will keep his promises. The Bible simply declares it. Notice, God can't lie. He cannot lie. That's very, very reassuring to me, as I'm sure it is to you. That means that every single thing that God said, His promises, are absolutely true. I can trust, even when it doesn't make sense, my life to God in every aspect, because God's promises are true. On the other hand, coming from our natural 
state, that sinful state, Satan is known as the father of lies. And so we have to be very careful that we aren't deceived into listening to the lies of Satan, which always are against the truth of God. Number two, God will keep his promises. The Old Testament proves it. Obviously, over and over and over again, here's one area. Joshua, you know, who took over after Moses passed away. Joshua says this. Now I am about to go the way of all the earth. In other words, he was going to die. You know that with all your heart and soul that not one of the good promises the Lord your God gave you has failed. Not one. Every promise has been fulfilled. Not one has failed. Number three, not only does the Old Testament prove it, but God will keep his promises. The New Testament proves it. Turn your Bibles to John chapter 14. We have wonderful promises, hundreds of them through the Bible. Maybe one of the biggest ones that we see in the New Testament that related to the disciples and certainly relates to us was that promise that when Jesus would leave, there would be another person of the Trinity to come and Be here on earth with us. John 14, verse 15. Jesus said it like this. If you love me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor or comforter to be with you forever. Notice the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Now, we know that that promise was fulfilled. Obviously, Jesus in John twenty twenty two, after he was resurrected, breathed into his disciples They received their salvation experience. The Holy Spirit came to live in them. Later in the book of John, there was another promise that power from on high would come over them. We know in Acts chapter 2, that's exactly what happened. And of course, the whole New Testament, including the book of Acts, that early church, is proof of this wonderful promise. That's the same promise that holds true for you and for me, that the Holy Spirit, His power, power to witness, power to share, power to live this life, is available to you and I. It is not a promise for special people or certain people. It is a promise for every single one of us. And number four, God will keep his promises. My personal life proves it. I love meeting, personally, new people. My wife and I like to do this. I like to meet new people, and that's why we like going over to people's homes for dinner or the conversational dinners or dinners for guess who's coming to dinner, whatever. Just meeting people, sitting and talking for a while. I like to hear their stories. I like to hear where God brought them from. It's as varied as there are butterflies or kinds of ants or animals or insects in the world. It's incredible. And so one of the most powerful things you have in your life is your own personal testimony. Don't worry about saying, well, let me tell you about Corey Temboom. I mean, hardly any of us can match that one. But your testimony is powerful. And so, as we know that God keeps this in our lives, I think it's important for us, 
to talk about some of the promises that God gives us if we pray. This is what the whole series is on prayer. What are these? Now, you can write the verses down as you see them. I don't expect us to obviously write them down. But I just want to give you some, and I want you to think about this. Does God lie? So these promises are what? Are they true for you? You sure? Oh, absolutely. He can't lie. All right, let's begin. We'll take a look at some of these. Jeremiah 33, 3. Call to me, and I will answer you, and I will tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. That's the bigness. That's the greatness of God. So God says, when we're in conversation, I'm going to share with you things that are actually going to blow your mind. You just call to me. I'm a big God. I want to do great things in your life. Call to me. I'll show you. I'll answer you. I'll talk to you. Now, remember, we don't go to God and say, here's what I want you to do. You just go to God and say, I want to be used by you. Show me. Open doors. Do whatever. Number two, Ephesians 3.20. You know this one almost by heart. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, or another translation says, or think, according to his power, notice where it's at work. It's in you. It's his power. So he wants to do in and through each one of us just incredible things, amazing things, things that I can't even think about, things that in your own life, look how God has used you. Look how God brought people to the Lord through you. Look how you're blessing people. John fifteen seven and 8. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, well, simply ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. Now, let's stop and think about that for a moment. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, you can ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. Dear God, I like a Lexus by tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Well, you know that if his words remain in me and I remain in him, I have a relationship with him and God really isn't too interested whether I have a Lexus or not. And to be honest, I shouldn't be too interested. Now, there's nothing wrong with it. I'd love to have one. It doesn't matter. But it's not about that, is it? It's about all the things of the kingdom. And then he just blesses us. If you have a Lexus or Cadillac or Mercedes or whatever, or a home on the water, or used to be on the water, whatever. (laughs) You have to put more shutters up than the rest of us do. doesn't matter. See, if you live in inland, you don't have any of that stuff, you don't have to do any shutter work, and you can do more for the Lord. No, 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 just relax. (laughs) Again, if we have a relationship with God, really this stuff just doesn't really matter. It's good. We love it. We love to be together. We like to go out to nice restaurants, all this stuff. But we're not going to be asking stuff, because life doesn't consist of stuff. It's not our focus. We enjoy it. We love it. God loves to give to us, but it's not our focus. Then he says, this is to my Father's glory. Let me go back. You read too fast. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit. That's what God's after. Now, if you want to pray a prayer that God will answer, you just say to him, God... Man, do I want to bear fruit for you. In fact, more fruit, much fruit, tremendous amount of fruit. God goes, there's a guy I like. There's a gal I like. And it will happen. Notice, showing yourself to me, my disciples. I've learned. I'm a learner. I understand what it's like. Here's some more now. John 15, 16. You did not choose me, 
But I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. That's a promise. God will give us whatever we ask in his name. Remember how these promises work. They're tied to people who are Christians, people who are disciples. A disciple is one who has killed himself spiritually and follows God. He doesn't want his will. He's denied himself, he's taken up his cross, and he's followed God. These promises aren't to a person that is a carnal Christian. doesn't work. Because a carnal Christian wants stuff for themselves. No, these are for believers that are following Jesus Christ. John 16, 23, another promise. In that day you will no longer ask me anything. I tell you the truth, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. So, again, prayer is a two-way conversation between me and God. It's all based on a relationship. It's not gimme, gimme, gimme. Here's the genie. Here's the little glass. Let's rub it, God. Here's what I want. That's not it. It's on a relationship. I'm the disciple. He's the discipler. I'm the servant. He's God. And so these promises then come true. And another great one, John ten twenty seven. My sheep, that's you and I, listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So what does that promise say to me? John ten twenty seven. small verse, simple verse, what does it say? That I can expect God to speak to me. The simplest Christian, the brand new baby, can expect God to speak to them through the word of God. That's a promise from God. My sheep hear my voice. And so, as we go through these passages of Scripture, as we do in all of our services, God's going to speak to you. You're hearing my voice, but you're really hearing God, because it comes from the Word of God. Now, sometimes in our Christian walk, we start categorizing Christians. We have to be careful, because we want people to think we're more spiritual than we are. Oh, no, not, not me, Pastor Mark. Oh, yes, you. And God knows this, so he deals a lot with our motives. And I want you to say to your neighbor, and you have to say it nice and kindly, you're no better than me. Go ahead. That's good. But you have to say one more thing, and I'm no better than you. Go ahead. Okay. I say, well, that's stupid. No, that's truth. We're all equal here, aren't we? Now, let's take a look at this verse. And this is going to have great relevance because we're going to take a trip through 1 Kings chapter 17. James chapter 5. Elijah was a man. Tell me. Just like us. No, I mean, people in the Bible, Pastor Mark, man, they're just giants. No, there was a giant in the Bible, Goliath, but that's not who we're talking about. Moses, Abraham, Paul, Elijah was a man. He's a man, just like you, just like me. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain in the land for three and a half years. And he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. You say, well, that was nice, Pastor Mike. That's in the Old Testament. No, it's the same God in the Old Testament and the New Testament. 
Elijah is just exactly like you and me. So I want you to turn to 1 Kings chapter 17. And we're going to look at prayer and the promises that God gave Elijah. And I don't want you to look at it as history. I want you to look at it as your life. And I want the promises of God to become more real to you than ever before. And just let God speak to you. He is going to speak to you. We just read that the sheep hear the voice of the master. First Kings chapter 17. Now let me give you just a little background. King Ahab was a, a very wicked king of Israel. And the nation ended up turning from God to worship a pagan god called Baal. Historically, the Jews, obviously in Israel, because of the kind of nation it was and where it was located, they depended on routine rain for their crops, usually at least twice a year. Now, back in Deuteronomy 11, and I'll read it to you in a moment, God promised, he can't lie, to faithfully always provide this rain, which would then provide for the crops, which would then provide for the people. But this was one of those promises, and we'll talk about it, that was a conditional promise. There are some promises of God that are unconditional. He'll never leave me, forsake me. He can't lie. It's a promise. But there's some promises that are conditional. Now, this conditional covenant that God made was upon if the people would obey, God would always provide for them. Let me read you the, in Deuteronomy 11. So if you faithfully obey the commands I am giving you today to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, then, then I will send rain on your land in its season, both autumn and spring rains, so that you may gather in your grain new wine and oil. So conditional promise. Now, so here comes Elijah into this nation, a prophet sent by God. We don't know much about his background, but God sent him here to really pronounce judgment and bring this backslidden nation back to God. It's interesting that Elijah means Yahweh is God. And of course, God wasn't even worshipped this time in all of Israel. Now, so there are some promises of God. Some are conditional, but the next thing I want you to write is this one. It's a very important key. God always keeps his promises, but on his terms. And that applies two ways. You can just write the word there if you like, conditional. Some are conditional. And the second one is his timing. He promises to do these things, but it's always on his terms, his ways. You'll see that they're, they're very strange ways. But we know that God's ways are not our ways. So it isn't you say, well, that's why God promised this and it hasn't happened. Well, take a look at it. Are you doing your part? If it's conditional, second, wait for his timing. He will do it. So let's begin. First Kings chapter 17, verse 1. Now, Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbe and Gilead said to Ahab, as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, nice opening statement. Whom I serve, 
by the way, and nobody else seems to be serving in this land. There will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. And we know that that promise was for three and a half years. Now, this whole chapter is about really two-way conversation with God. It's about prayer between God and Elijah. Now, who told Elijah to make this bold statement? Did Elijah turn to Channel 7 and get the Doppler radar for the next few years? Did he look at the screen and go, hey, there's no rain in this forecast? No, God told him to say this. Elijah didn't do this on his own. So let me just say to you, what is prayer? It's a conversation with God. So Elijah's the prophet. He says, I want you to go to Ahab. This is all understood. Elijah didn't come up with this himself. God is speaking to him. And he tells him what to say. That's what conversations with God are. If you're a teacher in a Sunday school or a small group or a men's group or a ladies group during the week or whatever, God speaks to us. And then we just speak for him. That's exactly what's happening. Now, we know this happened because we know God spoke to him because the answer is actually in verse 2. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. In other words, again, God spoke to Elijah. What did we say, John chapter 10? My sheep will hear my voice. You say, well, that, that's what my dad's in the New Testament. Same principle. My sheep hear my voice. Well, what's God going to say to Elijah after he makes this bold statement? Leave here, turn eastward, and hide in the Kirith ravine, east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook, and I have ordered the ravens to feed you there. Now, next statement. God's promises, God promises to guide us. There's an incredible direction. Where does he guide us? From his word. Now, in this particular case, obviously, this was the direct word of God. And there's those times that God directs us. In your deliberations and praying with God, you pray for wisdom, when to do this, when to do that, when to do whatever. Many years ago, when we started this church, we prayed about all these things. And we waited for God to speak us. You know, you can't turn to 1 Kings twelve thirteen and says, please buy 10 acres of land on Minton Road here in West Melbourne. No, but we know the principles and we listen to God and wait for him to give us a peace about doing it. That's why we did the sanctuary. Initially, the overflow area out there, the cafetorium, was going to be a gym. But just as we were kind of designing that, God spoke a word to us. No, you can't make that a gym. It's too small. You don't have enough room. You don't have enough room for the people. It won't happen. We're going, well, are you sure? yeah, I guess you're right. Boom. And can you imagine if we'd have made that a gym? It would have been a disaster. So God spoke to us. So here's God speaking to us. And he speaks to us basically by his word. And then, of course, sometimes we have to relate that. That's why we have the elders, and you pray for the elders, so we hear God's word. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Notice Psalm 32, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. Now, I want you to see something. How specific is God's word to Elijah? Which direction does he say to go? What if Elijah went, I don't like the east, I'm going west. You say, well, Elijah wouldn't do that. Oh, yes, Elijah was a man just like you and me. Well, God, I don't want to do that. Well, go for it. 
You learn from Pastor Mark's teaching today that mankind's first role model was God himself. The character traits he reveals about himself in the Bible are to be copied by his followers. You are reminded that over and over in both the Old and New Testaments that God keeps his promises. Prayer is a two-way communication based on God's promises to mankind. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Next time, Pastor Mark will complete this message, His Incredible Promises. You'll hear more about the promises God made to His followers. You'll find out about the limitations to prayer. Yes, there are some qualifications that must be met for God to answer prayer. And you'll learn more about how you can cancel out God's blessings in your life. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, Real Conversations with God. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Our eyes have seen.